0: Welcome, everyone. We are simulationists across the globe bringing together our different perspectives as we discuss our failures in simulation and how to learn from these failures so that maybe we can save you from painful experiences. Welcome to SimFails
1: and other conversations from
0: The Sims so far. I am Sasha Millerbotti from Down Under Australia.
1: I'm Kirsty Freeman and coming to you from sunny Perth, Western Australia.
2: And hi everyone, this is Janice Pelaganes from Boston, USA. Sup, my friends?
0: How are you all?
2: Spectacular.
0: That's great.
2: That sounded so Australian, Kirsty. Uh, <laughs> it just sort of, you know, I thought
1: I'd put it on today. Thought I'd put it on the Australian accent and uh, see how it goes.
2: <laughs> and and everybody know where she's coming from now.
1: That's mm. right. Done the big move. <laughs> done the big move back to sunny Australia. So although it's like Sasha and I are in different countries, being on different sides of Australia, so just
0: so. It's know. like an eight-hour trip on a jumbo jet. It's quite <laughs> um. It's quite impressive. It's a vast country.
1: So it's been a while since we've chatted, guys.
0: It has been a while and a lot has happened and I would love to talk to you about something that um, has happened to me recently, but really it has happened to me a fair few times Um, and it's always challenging, Um, which is uh, about the co-debriefer. I don't know if you guys in your senses use a co-debriefer when you're debriefing. Um, I know that many sim sensors do, do debriefings between two people uh, with a lead and a co. And um, sometimes I find that challenging. Um, and I, I would like to tell you uh, my recent story. So we had a very straightforward simulation about ALS and ALS course and I had a co-debriefer with me. Uh, she was very experienced um, and had a lot of knowledge in in ALS. So I was very confident that we were going to smash the debrief and the case went really well. Like there was no glitches, everything was going fine. As I was doing my debrief, which I had structured in my head, uh, this co-debriefer kept interjecting and I don't want to say interrupting because I understand I'm holding the basic assumption that she was trying to contribute and build on what I was saying however her interjections were destructuring my debrief and it was taking it on a different tangent to where I had it in my head where well I guess selfishly I thought it was going well and and, and every time the ball went back onto me I didn't I found it hard to get back onto where I was, Um, and as I said, this has happened to me a few times before. And I was wondering what experience you have with uh, co debriefers.
2: I think for me, Sasha, it's actually my uh, preference to have a co debriefer. I, I honestly, I I get uncomfortable debriefing alone. I I shouldn't say uncomfortable, but I've had so many experiences, good experiences with a co-debriefer where they can pick up on things that I don't see that just brings so much value to having a co-debriefer with me. I I would say most of the time now, um, these days at least, it's a co-debriefer that I co-debrief with pretty frequently. And I've had philosophical discussions around debriefing with them. So I know where they're coming from now. And I do remember co-debriefing with people who were not skilled at debriefing. I think back in the day when really there weren't many debriefing courses, people would go to different, you know, two-day courses and have different training. And so it's very difficult to read where somebody is going to go. And so I feel your pain. And um, I, I think my fail, sim failures have been from trying to read each other's brains all the time. And it sounds like she was probably trying to do that with you.
1: Yeah, I have to say I um I'm sitting in the Janice category in terms of the fact that I so much enjoy having someone to help me with a debrief. Um and not just someone, I've also had the privilege of having three people debrief. You know, co-debriefing, you know, people are doing it in different ways. And it's not always um a, a two person approach. You know, some people have the privilege of having others contribute. And obviously the more the merrier but the more the more confusing. I have to say yeah when I think I first started co-debriefing with people and often unlike Janice, with people that were ad hoc came in so we didn't have a great rapport um, in terms of how we're going to debrief so we're both approaching it from our own perspectives so one of the strategies I used and Janice I'm gonna you know embarrass you here and throw out a, uh, a an article that you wrote with Adam Chang I think it would have been about in 2000 and oh, I don't know 15 16. yeah like it a- is old maybe
2: yeah but, it but still at the helped. time
1: it was, yeah, at the time it was the only sort of thing I had. So if I had the privilege of co-debriefing with someone, I would often send them this article um, before we met to talk about, just to highlight some of the things that might come up. Because that was sort of, you know, um, I didn't know how to approach it and prepare And I have to say, you know, the article was a great, uh, great resource for anyone that hasn't read it. It's, you know, called Co-Debriefing for Simulation-Based Education, a primer for facilitators. So if you haven't read it, do make sure you have a look. But that was a great tool for me to sort of start a conversation with my co-debriefer about, you know, what are some of the issues that could come up and how could we resolve it live in the debrief?
2: Thank you, Kirstie. And I, I think when we were writing that article, one of the big aha moments was realizing that there's proactive approaches and reactive approaches strategies that you can take and trying to encourage the community to do some of the proactive because I don't think we do that we're just like hey you want to code debrief with me I could use a code debriefer and then you're in it and it's like uh-oh <laughs> I probably should have touched base with them beforehand so we yeah. do have like a checkoff list of um ways to proactively prepare and then offer some strategies reactively.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, that's a very good point. And I, I want to clarify that I completely see the value of a when debriefer When I started, at no point I may, meant that I would have preferred not to have a code debriefer I've had many codebriefs debriefs before where things have been extremely helpful to have a co-debrief, especially when it's interprofessional uh, debriefing. So for example, it's a bunch of doctors and nurses having, for example, me as a doctor and having a nurse as a co-debriefer to see the perspective of the nurse. I think that it's extremely valuable or someone who's an expert in the topic that we're talking about. Um, So yeah, I I see the co-debriefer as as something that I would always, always have with me. In fact, as Janice said, I feel uncomfortable um, or uneasy about doing it on my own uh, because they can always see something that you're not seeing. But it's more how the approach and how to do it well together. And I think that what Janice is saying and that article that um, Kirsty was mentioning in how to have an initial conversation like a pre-debrief meeting with your co-debriefer to to agree on some ground rules on how are we going to do this? Are we going to divide it in between, divide it between topics? You're going to talk about that and I'll talk about this or this is what I'll do and I'm going to give you a chance to um, speak up before I change topics, which is what I normally do. Do it's like I, I I go and then before before changing topics, I will say to my code debriefers, is there something else that you would like to add to what we have been speaking about, or or also um, encourage them to speak up if they see something that it's you know a red line, uh, for example, a participant becoming upset that it's outside of my vision and that that they can point out that someone is probably um, needing some attention. So, yes. so yeah
1: so I was thinking you know we're talking here the, the ideal world right we know that um, in the ideal world we all get together and we brief and we spend some time and we plan but for those of you that are you know working out there and um, you know this co-debriefing literally happens at the at the time or uh, someone's replacing someone if you've never met your co-debriefer before I was thinking Thinking about, you know, Sasha, strategies for in the moment, um, you know, for those unplanned, you know, because sometimes it could be a co-debriefer you've worked with before and all of a sudden something comes up that just surprises you. Uh, You know, I think we owe it to the participants ourselves and the co-debriefer to, you know, be treat that conversation with our co-debriefer with the same respect that we're treating our participants, because I have no idea what my participants are going to say. Um, so I try and listen and respond to the co-debriefer the same as I would, um, you know, anyone else that's involved in that conversation at the time
2: um,
1: and, and try and be respectful. And, um, and I suppose I've had times I've also picked my battles.
0: So if if I'm reading you well, you are saying to keep the conversations on the table and it's, you know, an open conversation that is part of the debrief, the conversation that you have with your co-debriefer.
2: Yeah, correct. I would say, Kirsty, you just you just hit. The thing that I feel like I've learned the most over the years with co briefers is when they're taking it a different direction to just pause it and have that conversation. And and it serves as a preview for the rest of the group to that they know where the conversation's going to say, oh, okay, I, I feel like you're going this pathway. I'm thinking we have 10 minutes left and there's this topic still on the table. I'm thinking maybe we should wrap that up first. What do you think? And then that way it. It can get everyone. But I, I feel like I'm giving the impression that I, I don't go through the challenges um <laughs> that, that uh we're talking about. And and this is sim fail, so I think I'm supposed to be sharing my own failures. And I have to say, pretty recently during the pandemic, I was co-debriefing with someone who was using a an ethnic term a term that is now considered unacceptable in the debriefing and I did not correct them in the moment and I'm just thinking like I'm thinking like you Sasha I mean there's there's there are times where you just don't do anything and and if there's you know I would say the second thing that I've learned with co-debriefers is to always always have that post-debriefing com- conversation um And I I think in terms of my failure with not saying anything in the moment, uh, the students did. So just know if you're not gonna say anything, (laughs) it's still gonna happen in some form, whether it's during the conversation or later. So it's probably better to just bring it up once it occurs to you.
0: Yeah, I would love to, I'd like to highlight what you just said um, there, Janice, about having a conversation after the debrief, especially if you're gonna keep co-debriefing with the same person. Um, so that you can say okay how did that go like you know i would have i was happy with this i would change that <clears throat> so that in the future everything goes even smoother um and yeah keeping things on the table you know the, the concept that we've mentioned here before name it to tame it um i do hate when 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 my code debriefer or sometimes i've done it as well where we're kind of like uh giving us signals and eye contact and you know like oh time and you're not saying anything because you don't want to to, to alert the, the participants about it. But in the end, it's worse. The participants can see that we're signaling each other and it's just yeah. so much easier to just have it on the table. And the example that Janice gave... Um, on the new topic, and you used advocacy inquiry for your conversation. So it was like, look, I noticed that you're bringing up a new topic, and we only have 10 minutes, I think that we should wrap up, what do you think? You know, I saw, I think, I wonder, very simple, very clear, and then you give it back to the primary debrief to decide what is the option here. I think that that's a very good tactic.
1: So I'm going to ask you both then pose a question to you. So Sasha, you know, you've had shared this one experience and as a have both probably had many experiences of challenges uh, when co-debriefing what would be your one word of wisdom that you would share with those out there listening to us today in terms of approaching co-debriefing?
0: Um, yes um, I think that from all this conversation and from what I have learned in the past I think that a pre-debriefing meeting if there's time to decide how are we going to run this I think for me is essential that's my take home. Great.
2: Janice? I guess I'll build on that. Definitely, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm with you, Sasha, that would have been my number one. And if you, sometimes you don't have time to really sit with someone. So what I'll do if, if you are trained enough and you feel very comfortable in the topic and comfortable debriefing that simulation, and you are the main debriefer to say, um, okay, I'm gonna be the debriefer from the, in, in this session, I'll call on you when um you know there's content or something that's in your area Um, and just quickly say that before going in so that you're not stumbling over each other and realizing oh we never had that meeting isn't it funny
1: how we're picking each other's because that's exactly what i was going to say so uh, in terms of my words of wisdom um, and so i'll come up with another one on the fly and it's really just reiterating i think what we said and it's being present in the debrief with your co-debriefer and listening to them and really just being honest with where the conversation is going and have a respectful conversation with your co-debriefer and your participants during the session.
0: Well, thank you so much for all the insights on this topic because it's always challenging. Um, It's been great. Um, And I think, well, I think it's time to wrap up. What do you think? I agree.
1: And I reckon if our listeners out there have got uh, co-debriefing uh, simulation experiences, uh, you know, both the uh, the trip ups and the gosh, that was great. Please make sure you share on the hashtag SimFails. And I can't wait to be on the couch with you guys again soon. Bye, everyone.
0: Great seeing you. Bye-bye. Now,
1: ciao.
2: Ciao.